11 a.m. to noon on Mile High Sports. Welcome in, sports friends. My name is Ronnie Court. Thanks for joining me. Happy afternoon, MLK Day. And boy, was the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Now, Alex, we were talking about this. Alex on the board today. Logan will be back tomorrow. He's skating in Minnesota or doing something. I don't know. Or maybe he's just really hungover, probably, to be truly honest. Uh, Alex, we talked about this on Friday. I thought this this Saturday or Sunday, this weekend, per se, is the best weekend of football in the entire calendar year. We were talking about that. Would you agree that that was the best weekend of football potentially you've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's got to be right up there. It's two, way up there. Two overtime games. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, they were so much better than the than the first two rounds of football games. Oh, thank God. Too. And yeah, arguably ever. Uh, first time ever where you saw two overtime games. Of course, congratulations to the Rams and the Patriots. They'll be playing in Atlanta in two weeks. Uh, we'll go over the games. We will uh, discuss the significance of the officiating because I think that's the hot topic button everybody wants to talk about. And uh, we'll, we'll actually get to that here in a second. I want to get to that immediately. And then uh, how far away are the Broncos from a, from a potential conference championship? Because I don't think it's as far as you think. I know everybody wants to slide into the Menchies and say like, oh, well, they're five years away or whatever, you know. I think it's a lot closer than you think. But to get to immediately the officiating, which was just, I mean, it was so up and down, um, inconsistent both ways in both games, just brutal. And obviously, everybody wants to talk about the non-call pass interference in the Rams-Saints game. Um, And I get it. The problem with that is, and, and I'm not a big proponent on uh, uh, putting officiating as your number one blame. You didn't lose a game because of officiating. You just did it. Particularly the Saints situation, who, by the way, had three massive chances to either stop and or score. They had the ball on offense after to win the game in a situation where it played out like it did, and yet they still didn't make it happen. Okay. I am far more critical of a moment like D Ford's moment that happened yesterday than any other moment over the weekend. I think D Ford's moment is the biggest gaffe that you could ever have in a potential Super Bowl birth game. And I think it was the biggest mistake over the weekend, far more than the officiating mistake. It's one thing. It's one thing to put the game in the hands of the officials. First of all, that means you you really didn't you didn't play well enough then. Okay? Uh but two, you still had chances to win the game afterwards. Okay? Now you can make the argument if the call goes the way they want, yeah, sure. Maybe they run the clock out and then all of a sudden, you know, they win the game. But 
D Ford's was self-inflicted. And if you don't remember, D Ford was the gentleman who the linebacker, I think he's a linebacker, linebacker, yeah, lineman, a pass rusher. He's yeah. a pass rusher. He lines up on the left side of Tom Brady and is clearly in the neutral zone on a play that Tom Brady throws a game-ending interception. They kneel three times, there are no more plays, and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. But yet, he lined up in the neutral zone. And it was very clear. It, it was no, there, were no, there was no if, ands, or buts here. And I know it, I, the ESPN crew, bless their heart, they were talking about this post-game in their analysis. They're like, oh, it's so difficult that you have to call that play in, in that situation. Like, are you kidding me? He's clearly offsides. You have to call that play. It doesn't matter the moment. He is breaking the rules of the land. So call it, just like they should have called the pass interference. We'll get into that in a second. But I think the biggest thing that echoed with me is the fact that those kind of plays, those kind of small moments, those small details, like D Ford lining up offsides, gave Tom Brady one more chance. And what did he do? He walks down the field. And, of course, the Patriots win it in overtime. You know what D Ford lining up offsides is? That is death by inches. The exact quote that Vic Fangio uses, and, of course, in his opening press conference, that is lack of coaching. That is unprepared. That is lack of awareness. And I get it. It's just one play. It's just one play, but it just happened to come in the biggest moment. But that's coaching. That's the difference between Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. And I do want to get to this argument in this discussion. We may not have it today, uh, but continue our talk a little bit of what we touched on last week. Is Bill Belichick the greatest coach in all of sports ever? History, period. I mean, I think of names like Wooden, Bowman, uh, Jackson. He's right up there. Shashevsky. I mean, he is. He he. The way he prepares his team to do the simple fundamentals, and it's 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 going back to the do your job, you know, motto, mindset, whatever you want. But it's so true. It's so true. If you do your job and you incrementally gain those small, just small little advantages here and there, that's, uh, you know, not jumping off sides on a third down in the second quarter means you get the ball back. You know, uh, it, it's, it's making sure that you're staying in your gap so that three-yard run wasn't a eight-yard run. And maybe that run was on first and 10, but it still matters because then all of a sudden, that second and short, that's a great deep ball play. And then maybe all of a sudden you get beat on that deep ball and the whole spectrum of the game changes. This do-your-job, small fundamental detail is in such a complex game like the NFL where they are calling plays like 24 left RC corner right. It, to be able to do the fundamentals, it goes so much farther than I think people talk about. And I hope that's what Vic Fangio brings. Is a, is a culture and a mindset to do your job. 
take care of the fundamentals and absolutely get it right every single time. Because as you see, even on the biggest stages by some of the best teams in the league, constant mistakes are happening. Constant mistakes are happening. And basic ones. Fundamentals. That's death by inches. And D. Ford and the Chiefs, they paid for it. Now, look, it was a great game. Okay, You talk about just back and forth. It was the game that we all thought it was going to be. It was the, the juggernaut of... Tom Brady and and Patrick Mahomes just just swapping punches, and it kind of felt like whoever was going to have the ball last was going to win. And it turns out that's exactly what happened. And I know everybody wants to talk about overtime rules. We will talk about that today. Don't worry. We'll get to that. There's a lot to unpack here. Alex, like, my mind is just... I got done watching it. I don't even know why, but I was so nervous last night. Like, I have no rooting pull in Patriots, Chiefs, whatever. I don't really care. I know a couple of people who cover the Patriots, so I guess I'd like to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But I, I have no pull either way. And I was just, I was just, I was nervous. I was like half sweating. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? It was mind blowing. It was a great weekend. I, I, I wasn't as entertained by the Rams Saints game. Uh, obviously, the margin of, of lead probably did that for a while. It it really closed later, and then, uh, you know, obviously, we had the very controversial call. Uh, and we'll get into officiating. I want to get into officiating next. Talk a little bit more about that. And uh, if the NFL needs to do something, because I, I think there is a there is a big... There's a big problem in in the NFL and in some some of their fundamental flaws and situations of how they grade officiating. So we'll talk about that. 303-831-1340. You can get your reaction to, uh, well, the games of yesterday. They were tremendous. How far are the Broncos from that? We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show as well, too, and take your calls. 303-831-1340. That's 303-831-1340. This is both for you. Now blend. Yes, 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 Angels roped in the basement. I walk the block with a halo and a stick. Poking your patience. Y'all catch a 30 second flash visual. Dirty Kawhi. Wow, you have such a hip hop uh, playlist this morning, Alex. Yeah. I like uh, Aesop Rock. You feeling, you feeling a little. I'm still juiced from these games yesterday. Still juiced from the games? Oh, yeah. All right. 303 831 1340. You know, the, obviously the officiating was front and center. You know, the, the, look, there's no there's no way around it. Um, and I think it's funny because as opposed to saying if the um, the actual call was correct or not, um, there were like, multi, you could count them. You could count the number of calls that were wrong on that play that 
obviously should have been pass interference from the face guarding to the helmet to helmet to the the actual pass interference itself. Uh, there was just all kinds of bad. Um, but it, it, I think it goes back to how the NFL and this officiating is structured. Now, if you don't know what how this works, um, I'm going to try to explain it as best as possible. And, and I preface it that way because this is actually a system that is constantly changing, it seems like, every year. And it's, it's a very secret one. It's a very close to the vest on a need-to-know type basis. Okay, uh, The NFL officiating broke it up into, of course, they'll do preseason games and then they'll do regular season games and there's a postseason uh, a commission. Now, there are officials that do not qualify for the postseason because of experience that otherwise would officiate in the regular season. I've been told that the grading system for how officiating is done is a little is is far more tight and it's done on an every every play basis when it comes to the uh, regular season. Okay? Which means, by default, you would think, at least, if an official was to miss any call they see, they will get downgrades. You essentially get like a report uh, you get like a report card at the end of the game as an official. It's a, it's a very complex process. And this is to hold officials accountable for their errors. And it goes up and down and up and down as the, 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 day, the weeks and months go by. Uh, but obviously, only the higher regarded officials are chosen for a playoff system like this. Once the playoffs get to where we're at, it's a mixed group. And the postseason generally sees lesser penalties called. Okay? As the players become the spotlight. Um, and, and I've always been curious to know, I guess, why the NFL grades differently as the season goes on, and and maybe more importantly, why do they mix up groups of officials? Because, you know, I, I suppose maybe if we want to talk about, you know, an official who is in his rookie year. This is the first time he's ever done it. He's he's only done college, he or she, I should say. Um, and, and this individual has has never done a, a, a game of the of the championship magnitude. You know, like maybe your entry level for playoffs is the wild card round. But if they don't have like three years of experience, they can't do a conference championship. But I've always been I've always been fascinated to understand why they mix up the groups, because very much like a team, that's what an officiating team is. OK, there's there's chemistry between the two and, and they they work as a unit almost. Um now it's far it's not obviously to the complexity of something like an actual NFL team or like a an actual real team in general, but it does help out when you have familiar faces. And I I think we are now at a point where we're we're getting to where the NFL needs a complete overhaul in several things. And one of them is the officiating. In how they're officiated, what calls are made. And I, I can tell you what, there are actually a couple actual penalties that I think just need to be straight up scrubbed off the board here. And a part of it is to help the constant 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the constant, uh, oh, geez. You know, I'm supposed to be good with my words. We can just dump all this part. Um, the, the, the NFL has this aura around it, right? They have this, 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 this feeling, this, this, everybody has this thought process when it comes to the NFL in certain categories, like, uh, you know, entertainment value and uh, length of games, pace of games. Uh, but there's this black eye that is currently on the league in regards to the amount of flags thrown. A lot of people don't like laundry. A lot of people don't like laundry. And reviews. And reviews. They take too long. It slows the game down. There was actually a review on a play on one of the final drives by New England. That was an interesting one because it was a pretty clear call. But yet, New England was very bothered by it because they, they kind of had the momentum going. And they actually cut to the field where several players were kind of doing this, you know, hand like, like, come on, hurry up sign, you know. And, and, and it's kind of the same for, you know, people who are watching at home. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I will give my props to the MLB because when the MLB has reviews, they are, they are done in less than two minutes. I get the actual reports from reviews because they send out a certain review. They, they send out what was reviewed, how much time it took, and what the result was. I get the reviews every single game, and they are always 45 seconds, a minute, a minute 10. They're never what seems like five minutes every single time we got to do something with the NFL. And maybe it is easier for the umpires to just walk over, put the headset on, and be done. But it, I, I, if the MLB can do it, why can't the NFL? Yeah, they're looking on this tiny Microsoft tablet and yeah. taking forever. Yeah, and, yeah. it's it, it got to get the tablet because it's a part of the partnership of sponsorship. And then they and then they have to have somebody hold the tablet, which is which is mind boggling. It's like, why couldn't you, in the event a challenge flag is thrown? Challenge flag is thrown. You walk over to the coach. The The guy who has the tablet is right there next to you already and says, hey, uh, okay, I want to challenge this, blah, blah, blah. They have their conversation between coach and official. And then immediately you're looking. And in your ear while you're looking, the NFL in New York should already have a borderline decision ready to tell you before you even look at the video. Because many times these reviews, they take one look and it's, Pretty conclusive. Now, I will admit, yesterday there were some plays that were pretty ridiculous. That Edelman muff, non-muff, you had to look at that a couple times. Oh, yeah. I understand. And you definitely want to make sure to get it right. But then there are some that I don't understand why we take five minutes to get a review done. You get the review in. You get the call from New York. I really wonder how much actual officiating is done on the field and how much is done in New York. Because if there isn't more done in New York, they're doing it wrong. It's 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 becoming a major problem for this league. And I think it's a it's a problem that always people will deal with. Because everybody wants to talk, ah, I'm gonna boycott the NFL. No, you're not. No, you're not. Stop it. Everybody when they everybody wanted to boycott the league or several instances that they disliked, whether it was the kneeling situation. or what, And now, shut up. You're not boycotting anything. 
you're still watching. And their numbers, they're still great. And they're getting even better. I don't know how. Because I feel like every single person in the world is watching. So it's like, where are all these new people coming from? You're not boycotting the NFL. You will continue to deal with the problems that they have. So that's why it's time to solve them. One of those problems also that many people think at least is a problem is overtime and overtime rules. Um, we'll talk about that. 3L3-831-1340. Uh, overtime, does it need revamping? Is it just awful? Are the rules just awful? What do you think? 303-831-1340. Text line, phone line open on My Ally Sports. Ronnie K, 11 a.m. to noon on Mile High Sports. Long as the room keeps singing, that's just the business I'm in. The scene is seen, it's a good day of faith. The scene is seen, it's a good day of faith. The scene is seen, it's a good day of faith. 303-831-1340. All right, let's talk about overtime. You know what? Alex and I were talking about uh, the NFL and how I feel like there are a lot of things that could make it better. So much better. Uh, But that doesn't mean it isn't the greatest league already as it stands. Look, there will always be problems whether they can control them or not. Hard to please everybody. Yeah, it's hard to please everybody. Because remember, you know, and I'm going to talk about this in overtime. When when we talk about overtime rules and everybody wants every single time we have a playoff game where one team doesn't get the ball because of the overtime rules, everybody freaks out about it. And And it's funny because everybody who complains that, oh my gosh, there's too much offense and yada, 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 and this and that, and it's all too catered in the offense. You know, they, they don't talk about the defense at all, even though it takes defense to get the ball back in the event where you lose the coin toss. I don't think there's anything wrong. Okay, and I want to highlight wrong in air quotation marks. I don't think there's anything wrong with the NFL overtime rules. I just think it could be better, you know, like, there's a lot of things that I think when it comes to protecting the quarterback, I don't think they're wrong. They could just be a little bit better. Like, the the head swipe, the, the swipe at the head that Tom Brady took, that's not, that's not a penalty. Like, come on. Yeah, this is tackle football. Everybody oh. knows it's not a penalty, okay? Going low at a quarterback, I can get it. I can understand. Because there's major... Health situation, there's a major uh, danger when it comes to any player going low at a quarterback. And I think if you're a quarterback, I think it's very valid you have that rule because you are a standing duck. Your job is to simply stand there and throw the football. You have no ability to react to somebody else. So I think it is fair that a rule is put in there. Now, the whole... Landing on the quarterback rule, again, 
that one I could do without. So I don't think I don't think we're very far off here. I really don't. I think the NFL rules for as complex a game as it is are pretty close to good. They just need a little tweaking. It's not wrong. They're not a travesty. It's just it just needs tweaking. So every single time we have a situation where Patrick Mahomes, young Patrick Mahomes, it's a darn shame. It's a darn shame doesn't get a chance to to get the football in the uh, uh, in the postseason in the biggest moment at home to see if he could have done something. But it's a team game, and Kansas City knew that. And Kansas City put all their marbles on one side of the football and said, we're going to have a bona fide offense and a terrible defense. And that's what you get. That's what you get. Now you have a, a defense that cannot stop Tom Brady. Yeah, did they look gassed to you in the overtime period? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they actually, in fact, too. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, actually, first of all, they killed it last night. There were a couple moments. There were a couple moments where Romo was very questionable. Like like the, the, the play of the Edelman punt where he compared a potential turnover to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And the grassy knoll is like, uh, let's, let's not go there. Let's not do that, Tony. Like I, I get what you're saying, but let's let's bring it back a little bit, and and we'll talk about Tony a little bit later. But uh, it, it's it's the it's the it, Jim Nance and Tony Romo pointed out that yes, Kansas City was gassed. I'm surprised Andy Reid didn't call timeouts. You know, as they were getting closer and closer to the red zone, just to let your dudes relax, like catch a breath. Um, you know what that is. The little things. That's death by inches. Yep. Getting off the field on third down. What happens if on that previous third down, that final third down that they get, I believe it was it was to uh a lot of Gronk. To, to Gronk. Yeah. Um what happens if Andy Reid simply takes a timeout there? Okay. You don't need your timeouts for the quarter. Okay. You need it there. Because you need the safeties and corners to be relaxed at least be able to catch their breath so you're not seeing the you're not seeing their breath in the uh in the cold with their hands on their hips just like bent over like Ugh. what happens if he does does the corner muster up a little bit more fight to to knock that ball away or even more so pick it off who knows little details as simple as putting a player in the place to be right there where the play is to be made to calling a timeout in that kind of situation. Because, man, you just got the feeling. You just got the feeling that once Brady got the ball, this game was over. And he was going to march them down just like a machine, just stomping. I just, it's amazing to see what New England has built. But, look, uh, when it comes to the the miscalls, the misinterpretations, I mean there there are there are so many different scenarios we constantly see on a new basis in the NFL. So I, I don't think the rulings are far off. Now look, the the Saints Rams call, yeah, it it was a blown call. That's pretty obvious. 
I'm I and I think this is where we need to consider in under two minutes overtime where any anything can be reviewed. I mean, literally, let's just open it up because, quite frankly, the extra three minutes that's going to take to review that over getting the call right is worth it to me in that moment. Okay, You're not going to see anybody complain about the time of the review if it's at the biggest moment because at the biggest moment, you want to get it right. That's the main goal. You have to get it right. And how they missed it initially, I don't know. I just did. I don't know. But let's also remember, if you're a Saints fan this morning and you're freaking out about all, you know, this nonsense or whatever, and you're, we were robbed and this and that. Remember, they missed three face masks by New Orleans players. You had three opportunities on offense and defense to win the game after that. But you did it. It's a 60-minute game, or in this case, is with overtime. And they didn't do enough. They allowed the official to play a part of the game. And when you do that, and when you blow leads, you have no right to to start to pitch and whine. I mean, you just don't. Sorry. You lose that. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, I look at the Mile High Miracle, kind of in that same situation. It's like, you should not have been in that situation. Denver should not have been in that situation, but they still were. But they still had chances to win. You still could have won with 31 seconds left. That's why I blame John Fox almost even more so than anybody else, even though it really was Raheem Moore's mistake. But it is a shame. It is a shame in that game because that's now twice, back-to-back years, the legacy of Sean Payton and Drew Brees taking a major hit. Because, again, we're not going to remember this game. We're not going to remember what happened in it 20 years from now. What we're going to remember is Drew Brees in New Orleans. They lost to the Rams. That's all you're going to remember. You're not going to remember the individual call or or whatever. And now back-to-back years, that legacy is stolen from them. Because Drew Brees could argue, you could put make serious arguments about him being a top three ever quarterback, if not number one, with the amount of accolades that he has. But the problem is, it's still, it's just one ring. And, and now back-to-back years, just robbed. Crazy. And you can make an argument, both of them, <laughs> it wasn't their responsibility. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Should be a good Super Bowl, though. Uh, pick the game right now, Alex. Oh, you, if God. you were to pick the game right now. I got to go New England. Uh, it's just too hard to bet against them. So uh, and That balance over there in L.A. is something. Yeah, I, you know, ninth Super Bowl for Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I, I got, as much as I dislike him, I got to go with New England. Yeah, I I have a I have a very sneaking suspicion it's going to be a really bad Super Bowl. I kind of feel that way too just with the uh, I've seen so many uh the asterisks already with the Rams being in it 
and just New England, everybody's kind of done with seeing them in a Super Bowl. So I I, I feel like this this probably won't be the best Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Uh, it's really hard to top those two games, man. Those two games were incredible in every single way. So 303-831-1340. How far off are the Broncos when it comes to getting back to that stature? Next year? Three years? Five years? How far are they? We'll talk about that coming up. Eleven AM to noon on Mile High Sports. Three L three eight three one thirteen forty. Uh final segment wrapping this one up. Gil Whiteley coming up next. We'll take it to one o'clock. Ken Erickson, Joe Williams will go from uh, one to two, and then of course Nate Sean Reno, two to four. And then uh well of course afternoon drive. Goodman Shapiro, four to six. On uh, Mile High Sports. Uh, How far are the Broncos away from potentially getting to a championship game? Where the Chiefs and the Patriots sit now. Boy, I have bad news, Broncos fans. It's going to be a while. Now look, I am not under the this this idea that it's going to take them Years and years and years and years and years to rebuild this, okay? Because we've already seen in the NFL, you can rebuild in one year and become a playoff contender. And then once you get into the playoffs, then the quarterback becomes a factor, your head coach becomes a factor, and who knows? The ball bounces a certain way. Uh, and, and right now with Denver, this is a good team built around weaknesses at the major positions. And that, of course, was quarterback and head coach. If you think Vic Fangio is the guy, and a lot of people are pretty high on Vic Fangio, then you have checked off your head coaching mark. Okay? Let's just assume, let's just assume, for sake of argument, that you think Vic Fangio is a quality head coach, top 10 in the league, and that he actually becomes that. Okay? So he doesn't he doesn't fall off the face of the cliff and his Vance Joseph 2.0. If he is that quality head coach and he is running the Broncos last year, they're a 10-win team. That's how big a difference coaching is. This is a big reason why I said go all in on John Harbaugh. Because I just want a good head coach. Because from there, I know that he can build down and he will take care of things. I I value head coach over quarterback when it comes to building a team as the number one proponent for a team. Because I know, regardless of how bad the Seahawks roster is, they still kind of got a chance with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a quality head coach. I also think of it this other way. 
Now, I will admit it's been a little twisted, and I've hesitated a lot lately on this take because they now have Patrick Mahomes. But when you have Andy Reid, who is a constant loser in the postseason, I just don't know if you're ever going to get there. Now, they got a special quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and that's the biggest hurdle now that Denver's going to stand in the way because you may be chalking up two losses to Kansas City every single year if you're the Broncos from now for the next seven years. That's a big problem. Oakland will be better. They're not going to be the dumpster fire that they were this year. And it appears Phillip Rivers in L.A., probably going to be playing for a bit. I don't expect him to be retiring from football anytime soon. I also don't expect him to be dropping off anytime soon. So now you have an AFC West that is just filled with tremendous talent, good quarterback play, and pretty good head coaches. So if you're Denver, you either have to hit the jackpot which I'm going to rule that out because it's a difficult thing to do. And quite frankly, John Elway's history when it comes to hitting the jackpot on franchise quarterbacks, not very good. Or you will not win the division. You will essentially be punting the division for the next five years, at least. I think that is a pretty fair thing we could say. Okay. Now, look, everybody... We, I was talking about this on Twitter, and everybody's, well, what happens if someone gets Well, what happens if someone gets injured? What happens, huh? I don't want to talk about the ifs. I want to talk about what's the reality. And the reality is, is that Denver is not going to be winning the division anytime soon. Now you look at the wildcard spots. It's not far-fetched to see wildcard teams do very, very well, and certainly we could see that. But to get back to that, to where they can be that kind of dangerous team that nobody wants to play, kind of like an indie, they got to find the guy. They got to find the quarterback. And whether it's Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, there's certainly everybody's likes and dislikes. But the bottom line is that they have to hit on the quarterback. But if they hit on a quarterback, they could be back to the playoffs in a year or two. And, and, I, and I really hope people understand that that is extremely possible because what did Chicago do 2017? Were they 5-11? They were awful. They were not good. And they were that with their franchise quarterback in his initial year. And now all of a sudden, here they are. Division champs, one of the up-and-coming teams in the conference, and they will be in the mix of it for years. That's how quickly things can change. Yeah, first-year head coach, too, this year. The Rams were looking awful in, what was it, 2015, 2016? Yeah, Jeff Fisher's last year. Fisher's yep. last year. Goff was a trem- – I will be the first to say, Jared Goff was bad. And, and I was as close to saying that he was a bust – than everybody else. And now look at the Rams. They're in the Super Bowl. Just a few short years away. Just as quickly as you can get to grace, you can fall from grace, as Denver has seen. Three years removed from a Super Bowl, 
They are now a constant top 10 picker in the NFL draft and badly looking for their franchise quarterback. But I'm telling you that this team can turn it around. They can turn it around, and they can turn it around quickly, far more quicker than you think. 3L3831-1340, that's the hotline and the text line. Gil Whiteley is uh, coming up next. I uh, want to thank our friends over there at Bespoke Edge, bespokeedge.com. Of course, they've been doing the men's Denver style for quite some time now. Proud supporter of Mile High Sports, custom clothier, family-owned. Maybe it's something more casual. Maybe it's something more creative for date night. The team at BE, they can help you find the right clothes. Boost your style for 2019. If you want to do that, be sure to check out my friends at bespokeedge.com. That's bespokeedge.com. Hundreds of blog posts and videos published over the years. Also want to thank our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. That's it for the show. Uh, thank you to Alex, who's been producing the last couple days. Logan back tomorrow. Talk more Broncos. Nuggets. They absolutely pounded Cleveland over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Blow up. Cleveland is terrible. Oh, they're so bad. We'll talk to that. Avalanche, all that good stuff. Coming back up uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow. My Life Sports.